0: What's going on guys? My name is El De Niro and welcome to episode 112 of the Midnight Hour. This episode is going to feature friends, uh, longtime collaborators and recurring guests from the Weird With You podcast, Santiago and Justine. Um, you guys know a lot about that podcast. I talk about it a lot. It will be linked in the description as well as their uh, you know, Facebook pages, Twitter pages, stuff like that. Um, something else that will be worth knowing for you guys Um, I'm gonna be on that podcast next week so if you guys go and follow them on SoundCloud or Stitcher or iTunes or whatever like type weird with you into whatever podcast app and subscribe to it you'll hear me feature in one of their episodes next week and it's gonna be a really good one so I'd recommend doing that especially for the people who feel like there is a hole in their life The Shape of the Midnight Hour, although surprisingly enough, and people will not really believe this, I have only missed two weeks of Midnight Hour uploading this year, so um, 2018 has been good for those of you who like the podcast. Um, I just want to say, before we get into the episode, which is about mythology, it's a really funny episode, Um, I'm really, really happy with it. Um, I just want to say, like, a huge thanks to everybody for reaching out and uh, all the kind messages that I got after uploading episode 110. Um, I'm sure, like, a lot of people grasped that it was, uh, you know, a serious episode and um, even people who'd never had any mental health issues um, reached out to say that it was a really interesting thing to hear. and it was like illuminating in different ways and and that's really cool so um just thanks for that it was um sort of it sort of um filled me with nostalgia for the days when i would upload a call of duty video about a particular topic and lots of people would reach out with their stories and their take on it and things like that it was it was pretty cool um so the last couple of weeks have been like pretty great uh in that regard um and for all the people who are like messaging me saying hope you're doing okay and stuff like you don't need to worry. I am uh, pretty much on top of things. I'm currently a little bit under the weather. Um I'm sure that you'll hear that in my voice. It's actually really hard for me to talk like for a long time straight. Um what else was I going to say? There's uh some huge thing going on in my personal life that I can't talk about for bullshit legal reasons, but when it's all done, I'm really looking forward to fucking venting about it because this is been one of the most like frustrating times in my life and that's another reason why I'm just so thankful that I put so much time and effort and money into uh bettering myself and improving the quality of my um mood last year um because I I don't think that um this this would be an incredibly difficult time if that weren't the case, and I'm really sorry that I can't talk about it, it's such bullshit, um. but don't worry, uh, it'll all be over at some point and I'll be able to talk. I might actually do a specific Midnight Hour episode about my life for the last six months um, because I think that there's actually quite a story there, and um, another cool thing came out of that episode 110, which is that I realized I can do a Midnight Hour episode by myself, Uh, because that's the only time that I've ever done that. And that's pretty cool. That's something that I would um, really like to do in future because, you know, it's really, really hard to arrange guests for this podcast. You guys obviously know that because um, you're always asking for people that I just can't get on because of uh, time schedules and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, I think, What I've done with the show in response to that problem has been really good like I've really enjoyed the conversations that I've had with uh, the new guests that have come on and things like that it's great like I've built up new relationships and new contacts and stuff and that's cool too Um, so along that vein if you guys have any suggestions for uh, people that you'd like to have on the midnight hour please do let me know I'm certainly all ears and um, look forward to uh, hearing from you. So, this episode is about mythology. It's um, a very funny episode, I think. I'm, I'm really pleased with it. Uh, the song opening is just a generic, like free. It's not actually generic. Uh, the, the track that opens the show is awesome. I'm going to link it in the description. It's only got like 400 views on YouTube. I just found it randomly when I was looking for uh, free Chill Wave songs because I'm really into Chill Wave. Um, so, yeah, I'll leave that there and you guys can go and check that out and that'll be pretty cool. So,. Um, I feel like there might have been something else that I wanted to say, but uh mm, no, I don't think I can remember what it was. All right. Enjoy.
1: power in the verse can stop me.
0: Alright, I'm joined today by blah 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 and so-and-so from the Weird With You podcast. No, just kidding. I'm joined today by Santiago and Justine from the Weird With You podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the Midnight Hour. Hello. Hello. Yes. Thanks for having us. <laughs> That's
2: we have returned. That is the enthusiasm. The
0: Iceman cometh! Exactly.
3: I'm just one person. <laughs>
0: yeah, together we take form of Iceman. <laughs> That's a... Yeah, that's like a really good setup for a mythological being. It's like a a man and a woman, and when they combine, they become one man. But this man is made of ice for some reason, and it's maybe not a man. What about
2: like ice thing?
0: Yeah, I don't feel like there are enough things in the mm-hmm. like the Cloverfield monster. Is probably a man. Uh, if if we I... want to be politically
2: correct, ice they.
0: Ice, ice they. they. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I I just made an absolutely huge blunder, and I picked the one fucking monster from pop culture that is actually female—the Cloverfield monster—literally <laughs> gives birth like multiple times in in the first Cloverfield movie. So, um, there That's you true. go. I am an absolute idiot. Um,
2: so you know, if that film had been shot from a different perspective, like it would have just been like this horrible story of like this alien falls from the sky into the ocean and she's pregnant and her her uh her baby daddy isn't there you know and she has to have these babies so she's just looking for a hospital but all the hospitals are too small and she keeps stepping on them and then she just has like the world's worst labor while you know (laughs) like people are running and screaming the military starts shooting at her she's just giving birth man
0: yes my thoughts exactly (laughs) That was the first thing I thought after I saw that movie, was like, damn, this is a <laughs> distressing movie for aliens just trying to give birth. Um, have you seen The Cloverfield Paradox? Did I ask you this already?
2: No, I haven't seen no. it. Uh,
0: wow. Well, I
2: almost got caught up in the hype of, like, po- I didn't even, I don't even watch the Super Bowl, and I saw the, the Super Bowl trailer, and I was like, oh, man, I can watch that right now, and then I didn't and uh and then the reviews started coming out and i was like well maybe i'll watch it later
0: i watched it the very next night and it is not that bad
2: um i i heard that it, it's it's not terrible but i think people just got caught in the in the hype of the moment
0: it's better than event horizon i'll say that much ooh and and, it, and it's kind of the same as event horizon i'll also say that much <laughs> But um, I think Event Horizon gets way more credit than it deserves, and I have no idea why. So um, that's a weird thing. Um, do you think Event? Do you think those types of movies will be what future societies look at as mo- as like mythology? That's like modern to us, but will be myths to them.
2: We just like felt like they take the film literally.
0: Yeah. Well, I, well, oh, like the
2: sagas of, of Hollywood.
0: <laughs> do you think? Darth Vader will exist in like 600 years.
2: Hard to say. Yeah. Hard to say. I mean he would exist, but he'd be severely warped, right? Because by that time all of the people who are loyal to the original trilogy and don't acknowledge <laughs> the prequels will have died <laughs> multiple times <laughs> over. So they will under their understanding of Darth Vader will be he came from Hayden Christensen and that kid from Jingle All the Way. Uh, and that will mar some of Darth Vader's badassery.
0: I don't know. He killed a lot of kids in the, the Revenge of the Jedi or whatever that movie's called. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> he, he killed younglings. Younglings. Yeah, that's correct. Of course, they're not, they're not real children. <laughs>
2: have
0: I mentioned how much I hate that word? I think we spoke yeah. about it in one of the three Star Wars uh, podcasts that we've done
2: <laughs> it's... you killed younglings anakin you're breaking my heart
0: oh the dialogue i never liked sand no i hate sand
2: of <laughs> course gets everywhere it
0: gets everywhere good god yeah so anyway to the listeners um you guys may remember that i was on the weird with you podcast a while ago a few months ago and we did a an episode about mythology and uh it was really fun and we're gonna sort of revisit that yeah it was and i um i got lots of tweets after or maybe not all tweets but like messages and comments and stuff saying that you should talk about mythology on the midnight hour and i'm like hell yeah and you know eight months later here i am (laughs) i'm a man of my word so um today we're going to talk mythology. This is sort of a part 2 in our uh cross podcast series at this point. Uh sort of like the Cloverfield series in that it jumps from genre to genre, different movie directors and uh it's, you know, high production and big budget and all of that stuff. Um so we
1: haven't been bought out
0: by Netflix yet though. <laughs> No, but if they come crawling, I'm selling this podcast. I don't care. I, I will I will sell for like anything in the realm of like twenty million dollars, which is what I value the podcast at, I would totally sell to Netflix.
2: And we'll we'll sell at anything that covers the cost of the <laughs> podcast, which wasn't that much to begin
0: with. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah, sure. Can we stay on? Maybe? Okay.
0: I do no, too, too much. I once had a guy come to me about my YouTube channel and he offered me Five hundred euros to buy it from me, and I was like, "Yeah, no." I mean, it is it has earned like considerably more than that in its existence. I I would really it would really take a lot more money. Um, But anyway, um, yeah, we're gonna go with mythology because it's damn interesting. And uh, Santiago, you had this like monologue at the end of the weird with you episode where you talked about mythology and how there's sort of A gap in the world for mythology at the moment because we know everything about the world like in google earth shows us everything and there are no hidden corners and there's no wonder left in the world and it sounded a lot less sad than how i've just painted it but it was really good and it really resonated with me so um i would encourage listeners who haven't heard that episode to go and check it out it'll be linked in the description so who wants to go first with their mythological being for this episode
2: i'll go first and actually just just playing off what uh, – hi, it's Santiago here from the Weird With You podcast. How's it going? Um, just uh, at weird, with, weird underscore with you, Twitter. Not a big deal. Um, all of that
0: stuff, I have already <laughs> said it all in the intro, so don't you worry.
2: Facebook.com slash weird with you. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, tied to, to what you were just saying, I think one of the um, – few places where there is still room for mythology is the sea because we and the the ocean right mm. we don't we don't know a lot about that space so fittingly this first myth has absolutely nothing to do with that <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna butcher the name of this but l have you ever heard of the mari Luide?
0: <sighs> sounds like an Italian man who just can't pronounce the last couple of vowels in his name. You mean Marie Luigi, the guy that owns the pizza place?
2: Mari and Luigi.
0: Yeah. Very familiar with that guy. Uses way too much tomato sauce, but you know, the I like the stone baked base and yeah, it's cool with me. Bit overpriced. It's
2: like the uh the the Terrible knockoff for Mario and Luigi. It's yeah. <laughs> Super Mario world. Yeah, Super the, Mari Land.
0: The German yeah. supermarket version of that. Yeah. <laughs> they're electricians. Yeah.
3: You know, there's somebody listening to this going, no, that's a genius idea. <laughs> You're <Yeah, they're> gonna <laughs> open the round, Like, and then we're not gonna get any credit for
2: Mari it. Mari and Luigi, <laughs> they're just Welsh electricians. <laughs> So, uh, Mari Luide is uh, something that comes from South Wales. It's uh, a festive skeletal horse spirit mm. with a penchant for rhymes. Mm.
0: Uh, which, you know, is, makes sense. Is it, a, <laughs> is it a SoundCloud rapper? Is that what you're describing? <laughs> yeah, it's like,
2: much like, uh, um, mouse or
3: DJ
0: Horse.
1: Poet.
2: DJ Horse. <laughs> <laughs> TJ <Orson. laughs> Oh, oh man. Um so this is from uh I found this on Atlas Obscura. Actually my sister sent this to me a while ago. I thought it was too funny. Uh in the simplest terms, the Mari Luide custom involves a group of revelers carrying a horse skull door to door and demanding entry through song. <laughs> <laughs> the focus is on the Mari Louis itself. A jaw articulated equine skull decorated with ribbons, ornaments, and festive bits and bobs. Plus a sheet <laughs> draped over a person carrying it, giving the whole thing a ghostly appearance. So, in the simplest terms, it's a horse skull puppet costume with an articulated jaw. <laughs> You know, that Martha Stewart put some uh, some, some glitter on, some bits and bobs, it. you know, bedazzled it a little bit, put <laughs> ribbons for hair, uh, and then throws, uh, you throw a sheet over the person that has the horse skull on their head, and they go from door to door uh, and move the jaw, and the horse skull talks to the to people at the door. It sounds
0: like Halloween. Yeah, it sounds very trick-or-treatery. Right.
2: Trick or treatery. right marie Louis caroling generally takes place around Christmas and New Year.
0: Of course.
2: <laughs> That's when Halloween happens,
0: right? Yeah, in Wales, yeah. <laughs> in Wales. They get everything uh, just slightly wrong over there. I don't know what their deal is.
2: What's your Welsh listenership like?
0: Um, After this, probably not very high.
2: Uh, um. So, yeah. Uh, sometimes it also happens in mid-summer or Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just something that can... I just feel like this is something that can happen at any time, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, at any point in time, somebody just finds a horse skull, or like a horse dies, like a prominent horse, and they're like, no, we should do...
0: Bust out the old (laughs) (laughs) Mary-Louise.
1: Mary-Louise?
0: It's just classic Mary-Louise. Just classic horse skull-based fun. Um, <laughs> e- everyone, anyone from a Celtic isle will certainly understand what it means to have just some horse skull-based fun. You know
2: what Wales has in surplus? Just horse skulls. It, with little known fact, Wales is the dumping ground for the world's horse skulls. Because, like, what are you going to do with the horse skull? You got, you know, the only... And then Wales the industrious welsh you know they are uh the the world's greatest recyclers when it comes to horse skulls because what are you what are you gonna do and they're like we're gonna make a puppet that annoys people
0: (laughs) and loves rhymes it's because the international recycling commission was like asked the question hey what are we gonna do with all these horse skulls that have just randomly appeared and the guy was like we're gonna send them to the Isle of Horse, and they were like, "There, there is no Isle of Horse." All right then, Horse Island. There is no Horse Island. Okay, what's the nearest country that sounds like an animal? Wales.
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'll do. Let's send them all to Wales. are often called the horses of the sea. <laughs> Not seahorses. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the horse. I'm pretty of
2: sure the it's sea whales. whales.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
2: traditionally, when arriving at a house. Uh, the Mary Louise troupe will sing out a challenge to the people inside. So they knock on the door. They're already mm-hmm. harassing you. Yeah. Uh, and then they start to challenge you. Uh, and then they perform a sort of call and response um, called uh, There's some missing consonants here, or vowels. That's rather. Welsh. Both,
0: let, let, let me guess how it's spelled, right, without knowing anything about this. It, it I'm prob- going to say it and tell me how it's spelled, okay? It's probably spelled like the acronym for your podcast, just WWY lots of w's and y's pretty close
1: yeah
2: it sounds like some sort of like steel company yeah uh it's called a punko (laughs) punko Punko. Hmm. how do you think that's spelled
0: p w y y n c o probably you
2: were outrageously close. Yeah, I had just to study terrible, um,
0: in my, for my Irish exams in uh, the, it's called the <laughs> leaving certificate in Ireland. I had to study a tiny, tiny bit of Welsh and it was, um, it wasn't like an oral exam. I just had to write it down and literally I had, I basically revi- uh, um revive, what's the word when you learn something off by heart? Memorize yeah but oh no when you when you spit that out you're reciting it from memory. so i recited it from memory and it was about 16 words and all of them were just y's and w's everywhere and uh do do the welsh just speak in acronyms it does look that way like it's weird because there's a lot of crossover between um irish gaelic and scots gaelic but
2: welsh it's it's p-w-n-c-o so what is that like Pony World National Conference... Organization. Organization. <laughs> yeah, that's there it. There you go.
0: I've heard of that before. <laughs> Those are the guys that put the skulls in whales.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those bastards.
0: Uh,
2: anyone inside the house is then tasked with replying in a rhyme scheme... Uh, even wittier than the creatures. So you have to out the creature. It's kind of like a rap battle, but with a man dressed <laughs> in a blanket with a horse come.
0: <laughs> this is the most uh, obnoxious and annoying house visit of all time. Like, <laughs> oh, it gets worse. Oh. Are you
3: allowed to turn it down?
0: It doesn't say.
3: Like, well, Welsh whole-
0: listeners,
2: Welsh listeners, I know you're probably mad at us. <laughs> um... <laughs> But please let us know what we're missing from this. We're just going... It's Atlas Obscura, man. We're just going off what they're saying.
0: I bet there's a bunch Um, of Welsh people like, listen to these fucking idiots. They don't know anything about Mario (laughs) Luide. They don't even get why someone would do this. (laughs) Uh,
2: So pretty much um, they're tasked with replying uh, with a response that's wittier than the creatures. Uh, And after the rhyme battle, the Mario Luide is allowed inside uh, where the players are given food and drink before heading out to darken someone else's doorstep. Hmm. So, that is the Mari Luide, an ancient Welsh Christmas custom, or late summer, or Halloween. Whatever you feel like. Pretty much whenever you got a spare horse skull.
3: So, how many people do this at one time? Do you think, like, is it like groups of people, and you're getting multiples of them at your door, like challenging you, or is it just like one?
2: Well, I'm one a, of them? yeah. You got to have someone guiding the Mari Luide around because they're wearing a they horse skull on there. They can't see right. They're, they're just a man with a blanket on. Um, so there is a depiction, an artist's rendering, if you will, mm-hmm. and it has one Mari Luigi. And then you can see six carolers with them.
0: Hmm. I just as as a as as an aside, the term darken someone's door is awesome. I know. I've heard it oh. before, and I always hear it and I'm like, it's so poetic. Like you darken their door, like your shadow just looms over it as you walk towards it. It's great. Um and that is exactly what I would think of someone who knocks on my door and issues a fucking <laughs> challenge in rhyme. Like you can get the fuck out of here if uh, if if someone like knocked on my door and was like I, I don't even i'm trying to think of what would be a challenge that even rhymes like hey man you <laughs> no i can't do it but um it's, i've got it's, one here yeah go I've, ahead i've got i've got one here
2: Os, os nya dinian yeah i've already closed the door by this point i'll let do n uh, I mean I'm gonna, and then the reply it's longer than that so it's not going to rhyme. But the reply goes we a fair Medru Oh that part
0: did rhyme. Hey there you go. <laughs> I that may no not understand is, it but... but it rhymed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is certainly cutting rhymes right there.
2: Some some sick lyrics. Yeah,
0: some record deals were handed out off the back of this Mario Luide, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is... Um, it's interesting that a lot of the sort of myth- mythological stories or traditions based around the, uh, the Celts... Um, they all got replaced by christian traditions but like mm-hmm. not a whole lot changed about them for like um st patrick there used to be an original st patrick's day called something else and it was replaced by st patrick's day because st patrick was a christian and the right. same thing happened like christmas there was always some winter celebration and then that became christmas because that's right, the, the solstice yule tide, like all of that good stuff yeah so i
2: love that kind of like uh and we we talked about this before in the christmas episode that we did with you but it is that like oh see we do that thing too we just call it christmas yeah. and we hang the tr- we put the tree right side up instead of upside down but you there's still a tree
0: <laughs> we put um, the tree right side up Instead of burning a gigantic horse, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So,
2: like, I like to think that you know the Christians were going around trying to commit... And this is obviously like a much more uh, deathless and PG version of what actually happened.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's the other thing. Um, I once but, did an episode about fairy tales, and we learned that a lot of the original fairy tales, like Snow White and um, Goldilocks, like there was a lot more rape and a lot more necrophilia and you know mm, very, yeah. various other forms of just horrible horrible things so yeah,
2: yeah. but I, I like to picture them going around from, from country to country and just being like what's your tradition well we do the same thing too you know and like what's your tradition oh we have this guy and he d- did something with snakes and they're like oh we have a guy who did something with snakes and his name was St. Patrick so it's the same guy we just call him that you can call him that too and yeah. we won't kill you. Uh, and then they went to the yeah. Welsh, and they were like, "What have you got?" And they're like, "Oh, uh, we got a horse skull on a stick, and he rhymes a lot."
0: And they were like, "You just keep doing that, Wales." <laughs> <laughs> we got another, another comparable. Yeah. The, do, do you have any indication as to when they stopped doing this, or are they, st- are they still working away trying to? Oh make no, this, this is, is still happening. Oh good Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, wow. we got uh, we got pictures. <laughs> from from like recent times of people doing oh, yeah. this, yeah, holy Christ! Here we, we'll keep talking. I'm gonna send you one over uh, over Skype. There are gonna be some co- some comments from Welsh people. I'm sure. I definitely do have like the the majority of my listeners come from the UK, so there's gotta be some Welsh people laced in amongst them. And I bet we're gonna get comments like, "There's no way that that's actually what it is. It's actually this." I've noticed that whenever I hear people I'm... talk about things that we do in Ireland.
1: Like, yeah,
0: I'm always like, nah, that's not right. Come on now. I do, I do
2: want to stress that um, my while well, I know that I'm mispronouncing things
0: grossly. Yeah, uh, you know. that's fine. Well, I remember I didn't
2: have time it. To get the, the <laughs> correct pronunciation.
0: When like, uh, Beyonce and Jay Z came to Ireland one time, and they were seen like around Dublin <laughs> and stuff, and. TMZ. Have you ever seen that thing that TMZ do where it's a bunch of their fucking idiot reporters sitting around in their office talking? And Mm. they were all just like, Yeah, they were in Ireland. There are people in Ireland who don't even know who Jay Z and Beyonce are. They were just walking around and like no one even knew who they were. And I (laughs) was like, like, When you picture Ireland, the only thing that you think of is like horses and carts and. (laughs) Braveheart, yeah. which is not even Irish, obviously, but that's probably the way their brains work. And, yeah, I got very annoyed listening to... <laughs> Holy Jesus, I've just seen the picture. <laughs> that is freaky kind of as awesome. hell. And you can tell it's modern, because someone in the background has headphones around their neck. Mm. Oh, yeah. Or something around their neck. This is... This is so weird. Um, You know those... My, those um, things of horses' heads that people put on there, the, like the mask, the horse head mask that is huge on the internet. You know the thing I'm talking yes. about. Well, that's what this looks like, except more dead. <laughs> this is... At least
2: that one looks more like a, a horse? live horse. The one that I'm about to send worse. Oh dear. It looks more like if Mother Teresa was
3: a horse skull. <laughs> it's a little hunchy.
1: Oh, <laughs> more my. than a
0: little. Let's see, let's see.
3: It looks more like some kind of weird dinosaur or something.
0: This <laughs> great for the audio listeners. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a hunched over nun except instead of a nun's <laughs> head, it's a it's a dead horse's skull and instead of eyeballs it's got Christmas decorations. So, it has
3: kind eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. does <laughs> it looks so happy
0: uh, it does like i'm gonna do everything i can to put that on the screen right now for the youtube video. <laughs> when i say everything i can i mean i will try to remember to do that because i probably won't i'm terrible at that kind of thing um so that's that's amazing um i don't know if i respect the welsh more as a result of that or if i think that they're even more crazy than i already thought they were oh i do dude like
2: I'm in all joking aside, and this is where we win back some of the Welsh uh, fan base. If they haven't it's, stopped, it's gonna, it's <laughs> them, <laughs> they haven't stopped listening, well, I won't have it. Taking our Mari Luide and, and making it into this joke,
1: <laughs> where <laughs> the horse comes. <laughs>
2: no, no, this is where we bring them back. Um, all joking aside, like I wish we had shit like this in Canada.
3: Yeah, we don't really have a lot.
2: We don't have anything to do with our horse skulls. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just put them in around <laughs> people's basements. <laughs> I know, <it's>
1: a, <laughs> gathering <it's> dust, <laughs> gathering
2: dust. Like you know, uh, six horse skulls we just got laying around, and that's just Justine's house. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like in all seriousness, though, I, I do wish we had stuff like this because it's this kind of like quirky tradition that I, I would to- like. The thing is that if I was, I, I mean, like I don't know, but I'm just saying. If I was Welsh. Like this is the kind of thing that I would want to participate in and not die, cause it like it's funny and it's fun and it's ridiculous. And like, why not do this? Like honestly, all we have here is is like Santa Claus on Coke cans and like once it, <laughs> like it's it's dumb, it's lame. Like put a horse skull, turn it into a puppet, and go, you know, walking around from house to house and demand entry uh through like an epic rhyme battle took
1: the
3: traditions that already existed
2: yeah, except for the cool ones obviously well, yeah, like i actually like i'm not joking when i say it. i think this is really fun like i think this is like a nice thing to do with your family
3: i would rather have that come to my door than the people who keep coming and trying to sell you a new furnace <laughs> like we get oh, that a lot. Here. yeah
2: and the jehovah's witness but that's a if the Jehovah's Witness came and they were using an articulated horse puppet, I would at least hear them out, you know, <laughs> instead of slamming the door on them.
0: It's, you, you, you think, though, you, you're just naturally programmed to feel like that about other cultures? Because, like, there's a lot of things that Ireland does that I'm like, ah oh, this is stupid or there's a lot of things that I feel like a disproportionate amount of shame over when it's nothing to even do with me. And then, I don't know, like, you guys live in Canada. I look at pictures of Canada more than I look at pictures of any other country. Like, sometimes I just sit down and I'm like, all right, what does the (laughs) American side of Banff look like today? And then I, I Google it and I look at it and I'm like, yep, that's the good stuff. And, like, I follow, like, four different, like, Canadian adventurers on Instagram just so that I can look at their amazing pictures of Canada. But, like, I live in a country that's famous for its beautiful countryside and it's amazing you know scenery and all of that stuff but it just doesn't look as compelling to me as a picture of like a huge field in the canadian prairies with a magical tractor that somehow is different (laughs) to an irish tractor of which i have seen (laughs) hundreds and thousands in my life so it's weird i feel like you're just you get sick of the stuff that you're used to seeing you know
2: it's weird here too because the thing is north american culture um if we there's kind of two avenues of getting weird stuff like this in canada and one is that it was brought over by people who came from europe uh and the other is that it was already here and it's part of indigenous culture uh and that's where you fall into the kind of like well like what, what do you do in that situation because like there is stuff that's interesting and fun and and strange i mean strange just because it's different um i'm sure if, if you grew up with the uh, with the uh, Mari louis like, it's not weird to you um and you know but what do you do when it belongs to like a, an indigenous tradition that like has nothing to do with you and then you're you're just kind of if you start doing something with that, or if you start turning that into like quote unquote Canadian culture or whatever, then you're just appropriating it. Um, and so like, it's, I think it's a lot weirder in North America to come by those old, like it's more difficult to come by those old traditions in a way that isn't like shitty because the, the, the truth is that like, you, you know, there's indigenous people all over the world. Like Europe was full of indigenous people that the Romans came and massacred and then, uh, you know, you know, had children with and crossbred with, and then it all turned into you know, what we know as Europe. Um, and that happened with multiple, not just the Romans, but multiple cultures. And so like the indigenous communities of Europe have been so decimated through conquering and, and, uh, and, and, you know, mixing and, and all of, all of that, that there are very few uh, remaining uh, indigenous communities Um, outside of of places like in russia there's indigenous communities for example or like the roma say that they have roots in indigenous cultures um but we don't think about like europe having indigenous cultures but like that's what you know when you go far back enough like what are the celts you know like can do they qualify as an indigenous group
0: Uh, i would say well uh, what does the word indigenous mean other than just native to
2: yeah. That's what it means. Well like the people from that yeah, the people originally from the I mean no no one's originally from anywhere, but
0: Yeah, uh, well the Celts the Irish Celts uh came probably came across the Giants Causeway or some bridge between um Stranraer in Scotland and uh County Antrim in the north of Ireland and they settled in a place called Mount Sandal in I don't know like I don't, I don't actually know the year. I know they built, like, portal dolmens and all this stuff. Um, but they were the first people to come here and the first people to populate this land. And the British tried very, very hard to come over here and take Ireland, but they weren't able to do it. The Romans came here once and walked around and were like, it's fucking freezing, lads, let's go home. And they did. And they called Ireland Hibernia, which means the land of winter. And... Um, yeah, other than that, like nothing else has happened. I saw this um, I, I saw this thing on Facebook, uh, on St Patrick's Day. It was this um, this black guy in America, and he was saying like, um, "Oh, black folks shouldn't celebrate St Patrick's Day because St Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland." But what were the snakes? The snakes were this group of africans who were over in ireland and and the irish thought that they were practicing witchcraft so they drove them out of the country and all, all the comments were like oh yeah it's it's all you're so woke and everything and uh, <laughs> like that didn't fucking happen i can tell you there was no tribe of african people in ireland while we were battling the english out of the country um so that's really weird uh i don't know why i went into that just, I saw that like recently and it absolutely blew my mind that someone could think that that was true but um yeah to answer your question <laughs> the Irish are indeed I think the Celts are indeed indigenous to Ireland
1: yeah
2: well and and see that's the thing is that like the all of the weird traditions that people kind of celebrate here that are are they're all from Europe. You know, they they come from a European place, like often uh, Catholic or or Christian or or Protestant or, you know, Um, and then there are also tradition. Well, it's just like the premise of American Gods, uh, Neil Gaiman. Um, So it's another opportunity to talk about that book.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that in the
2: other
0: (laughs) one that we did, right? Uh, Yeah, I know,
2: because it's just so good. And the show was out. So, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. That's the one that's on the Amazon on the Amazon. Yeah. Yes. Um, I know that because that's the exact reason why I haven't watched it. <laughs> because it's on Amazon and I already have Netflix and Sky. I can't do all of these things at once. The world expects way too much of me. Right.
2: Um but yeah, that's the idea, is that like they they come from Europe and stuff. So it's a, it's a little bit harder to come by good ones here. Um that that are like those those more niche I guess like uh, it feels weird talking about people's traditions in this way, and like obviously like we, we're doing this in good humor, and we we respect other people's cultures and and beliefs and stuff. Um, yeah. but we we also see an opportunity to have some fun with it and learn stuff because like, did you know that this thing existed? I didn't, but now I know something about it, Absolutely and l- I'd like not. to know more about it. Yeah. So you know like take this as an opportunity. But anyway, so that that is the Mario Luide
0: that's certainly illuminating. (laughs) I have lots of questions for my Welsh friends. There you go. So, um, do you want to go next, Justine? I guess so. So,
3: you know, we were saying how there aren't any more myths in the world anymore because we know a lot about everything sort of, but, um, there were some that came just from, I guess, just being a dick. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... It's obviously just designed to scare people, or just to be funny. Um, So, you've probably heard of it. It's the drop bear from Australia. Which I honestly thought was a real thing for a very long time. And I was terrified of it happening to me if I went there.
0: I don't think I've heard of this.
3: It's this like carnivorous koala bear (laughs) that... Falls from, I guess, like the trees if you're walking around and like purposely attacks people like it's vicious.
1: Wow.
3: Rather than being docile and high on, what was it, euc- eucalyptus?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now we know they just have chlamydia. <laughs> that would make anyone angry and carnivorous.
0: That's right. Every koala bear has chlamydia. Really? Yeah. Most. They're walking STD <laughs> <CD> bears. So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone has been very busy.
2: That's so they're, they're self they're self medicating.
0: Yeah. Wow.
3: I think we can just end that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to expand
0: on that anymore. <laughs> did,
3: did you, that's the scariest non myth of all. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun fact. But yeah, so this this um, drop bear, it's called a drop bear because it drops on people. Um was created by Australians mostly to just scare tourists and they kind of make it sound like it preys on tourists because um, the only way to stop it from I guess attacking you is by um, putting... buying local <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, there's something to that. <laughs> um, so, okay, so one of the things is pu- involves putting forks in your hair
0: oh, geez. to deter
3: it, <laughs> like you imagine, and um, having Vegemite or toothpaste spread behind your ears or on your armpits. <laughs> so, I mean, buying local.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: They're the, the local forks. <laughs> Locally sourced. Yeah. The Uh, Australians are
3: it was just to troll people, obviously.
2: (laughs) There's nothing organic or locally sourced about Vegemite. It's it's made out of black tar and
0: sin. Is that (laughs) is that marmite? Is that the same thing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can look it up. I've had
2: marmite. You know what? Marmite gets a bad rap, just in moderation.
0: Yeah, for good reason, in my opinion. I don't know. I, I, I don't really like lots of food. I'm very, very fussy. So if if people come to me and they're like, hey, do you want this black tar-looking shit <laughs> on your bread? I'm like, no, I don't think I do. So that's where I draw Aww. the line. Um. So the, the drop bear... Would
2: you like this tin of petrified whale penis? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, um... Is there when did the drop bear start or is there any information on that?
3: It doesn't really specify other than it was obviously just like a hoax. Yeah. Designed to to scare outsiders yeah. and tourists. And they just it's just a joke that they perpetuate.
0: The Australians have like probably the most visceral sense of humor in the world they're like incredibly upfront about how like, I don't know. It's really strange. Like if you ever want to laugh, the Australians are definitely the people to go to. I don't think they get enough credit worldwide for having that.
2: Australian, New Zealand takes the dry humor to a, Mm -hmm. to a whole different level. Yeah. Like it's just a lot of fun. And, um, I think it's something about the culture also, but it's very quippy. Mm. Um, the, the humor is very fast mm-hmm. uh, and it, uh, it's a lot of, I've noticed anyway that it's a lot of, uh, I don't know if sarcasm is the right word, but there there is a lot of uh, kind of goading people um, and, and egging people on and kind of uh, getting responses back and forth, like quick little quips um, back and forth. I don't know. I I find it endlessly funny. My sister's best friend's husband is uh, Kiwi, and he is one of the funniest, like, just naturally funny. Yeah. Uh, And it's not like, oh, ho ho ho, the accent's funny. Like, no, like, genuinely uh, funny, witty people. And I I think it has something to do with the culture, right?
0: Yeah, because I've even noticed it with a lot of the music coming out of there. Um, Courtney Barnett and... A band I love, Camp Cope, who are... They're from Australia. Courtney Barnett is from New Zealand. Um, They have At this... What?
2: At Cat Empire.
0: Have oh, you ever heard them? No, I don't know them.
2: <clears throat> and I mean, obviously, uh, Flight of the Concords also.
0: They have this real, like... Dark, sarcastic view on the world. Where, like, everything is, like... the The irony is, like, turned up to 11. And it's just so... I don't know, like, they're they're looking at the world from a completely different space where everything is actually just really darkly hilarious if you think about it differently. Like, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Um, that's what the drop bear reminds me of. Like, that's just <laughs> such a fucking Australian thing to come up with, and I love it because of that. That's exactly what I would imagine uh, any of my Australian friends telling me when I go over there. Like, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> gotta watch out for the drop bear. They'll get you. Um...
2: It seems like a lot of messing with people. Yeah. Well, and it, okay. like, it
0: spreads like wildfire. <laughs>
2: or chlamydia. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's another thing.
2: Wildfire. You know that, the chlamydia they... of the crotch. <laughs> oh, I got that wow. backwards. But that was... Yeah, it. that's... Yeah,
0: that's... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Well, I
3: mean, to go off of that... It's obviously, like... Um... What was I gonna say? It's definitely just... It, it is to troll people. They One of the other ways to deter them is by urinating on yourself. Oh, God. And only speaking English in an Australian accent. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's just like it's just ridiculous. I... It's almost um... xenophobic. <laughs> a little
1: bit. Yeah.
0: The only Why way to get us. rid of them is to be one of us. <laughs> there you go.
3: And there's an artist depiction of it on the page
0: that I am looking at.
3: It's basically just a koala with horrifying giant fangs
0: yeah I, I googled it and it's basically like a koala except if you shaved it and made it really angry <laughs> it's a koala with which mange. would make it
3: angry yeah it
0: probably would <laughs> i'm sure it comes
2: from somewhere though like uh, like beyond the the trolling people and stuff i'm sure there are koalas that can, can koalas contract mange i don't know but something similar uh, hmm. where where they, they go kind of psychotic and or rabies. Uh, rabies or something like that. Yeah.
1: Well,
3: I remember, I don't know if it's true, I'm not an animal specialist, but aren't koalas typically kind of, not aggressive, they're, but...
0: They're dicks, yeah. Yeah,
3: but then, like, by eating that eucalyptus, they're, like, basically high and calm all the time, but when they're not, they might freak out and scratch your face or something like that. I
2: think know. that's withdrawal, <laughs>
3: You know what that would make a lot of sense <laughs> but uh I don't know
2: you take in stimulants every day <laughs> yeah,, you know, and then you don't have them, and then you you become a raging chlamydic. Qual- <laughs> you
0: you clip the holic, yeah yep. you <laughs> clip the holic
2: there you go
0: um you so c- shall I go next? you Should- shall. <laughs> I shall. I shall, I shall seize this opportunity to. Uh, mine is like a kind of a tale. And Carpe topic. It's it's mine. You know, when I used to listen to this back in the day, I always thought that there was a lesson or a moral in it. And mm-hmm. revisiting it today, I'm not so sure that there is, but it's still really interesting in a weird. You you may remember I spoke about Ushin and Og the last yes. time. So this story is about his father, and um, it's Daddy Og. Yeah, yeah. It's similar that it it's got like a weird tragic slant to it, and I, I I'm noticing this in a lot of the Celtic myths, and I I really dig it because I love me a little bit of tragedy. Uh, so this is about a man called Fionn McCool. And it's not co. C-O-O-L. We have a
2: bar here called Fionn McCool's.
0: No way.
1: Yeah. It's a chain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great. You can never go fucking anywhere without there being an Irish bar called something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so that's great. Um, yeah. So I assume you still don't know anything about him, despite having the bar, right?
2: No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just thought that was a
3: person. <laughs> like, the, the, started the
2: it. toilet was disconnected from the floor, and you could shove it around a bit.
0: Ah, interestingly, <laughs> the same thing happens. here Not really. <laughs> so uh, the old toilet smith. This I'm, I'm gonna in two separate. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this like halfway through, and we're gonna move on, and then I'll come back to my last story at the end. Right. Um, mm. we'll talk a little bit about Fionn McCool and who he is. He's one of the like all time like greatest people in Irish history, and by history I of course mean fiction. Um so when he was a young boy, probably seven or eight, he was sent to live with a man called Finnegas or Finishis. Um I'm gonna call him Finnegas because I already have a man named Fionn McCool, and I think Finnegus
2: is I'm gonna call him FN two one eight seven. Fuck.
0: You know, Finn is actually an Irish name and it's derived from Fionn, so that's, uh, yeah. Um, so, Finnegas was a poet who lived on the banks of the River Boyne, which uh, is a river that goes through the county Meath, although I think this story actually takes place in Kildare, I'm not too sure. But Finnegas was renowned throughout the entire country for his vast knowledge He had lots of stories that had lots of morals to them and he lived his life by a certain moral code based on all these stories that he had in his head. He was a super interesting guy. And um, Fionn would help him with the cooking and cleaning and all of that stuff. And in exchange for that, Finnegas would impart all of his wisdom upon Fionn, tell him lots of stories and teach him lots of moral lessons. Um, Sometimes Fionn, whose thirst for knowledge, it has to be said, is completely limitless and he would ask him all sorts of questions and Finnegas was like I don't fucking know like because of this now shut up and cook me food um so one day Fionn was like is there a way to know everything because Finnegas kept saying I don't know everything and Fionn was like what if you did what if anyone did could we know everything so Finnegus once asked that exact same question. I really don't fucking know why they're not father and son. It would make the story so much better. His name is Finnegus. It sounds like Fionn, but Fionn's father is actually named Cool, and that's why he's Fionn Makul, because M-A-C means son, so he's Fionn, the son of Cool. Anyway, um, Finnegus once asked the exact same question uh, when he was younger. He was like, can you learn everything? And that was the reason that he actually chose to live so close to the River Boyne, because an ancient story told by druids of old said that in a still dark pool of the overhanging hazel trees lay the salmon of knowledge. And the salmon acquired its knowledge from eating nine hazelnuts from the nine hazel trees, and it acquired all of the knowledge in the world. And according to this ancient myth, whoever ate the salmon would gain its knowledge for themselves. So Finnegus was there to catch that very salmon, because he was already renowned for his wisdom and he wanted to step up his game a little bit. So one day they were fishing, trying to catch this salmon, which I think was named Fintan. So everyone's got like an F.I. at the start of their name. Um, anyway, Finnegas caught the salmon. And it was really large. He held it in both of his arms. And uh, Fionn was like really excited. And he was like, you have to cook it right now and eat it right now. And he started setting up a fire. And Finnegas was like, I'm going to get more wood for the fire. Uh, you can cook this salmon, but don't you fucking dare eat it. And so he went off to get firewood. Fion burned himself on a little drop of fish fat that dropped off the fire. It landed on his thumb, and he sucked his thumb to lessen the pain. And that basically transferred all of the knowledge in the world to Fionn. And... Finnegus came back with his firewood, and he was—he noticed that Fionn had like a real spring in his step and a spark in his eye. And he was like, "Have you eaten that fish?" And Fionn was like, "No, I didn't. Uh, I did burn myself and then suck my thumb." And Finnegus was like, "No."
1: <laughs>
0: he dropped all the firewood and felt a hole in his heart and said. The prophecy has been foretold. Except he didn't say that. They don't say that in Irish mythology. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he was like, now you, you are the one that has all of the knowledge and you must use all of this knowledge and become as renowned as me for your wisdom. You must share this knowledge. and uh, Yeah, that's the end of Question. the story. Yes. Question. Yeah.
2: If he then had beaten Fionn over the head with a log, and eaten Fion would he have gained that knowledge?
0: Mm, it's a good question. I'm gonna say no,
2: he didn't even have to eat him really. He just had to cook him a little so that the fat would drip yeah. and then burn his own finger because he apparently didn't have to eat the salmon, which begs the question: did the salmon have to die in the first place?
0: Yeah, you had to consume the flesh of the salmon. Uh, that's what it actually said. I I assume, but that, he didn't
2: consume the flesh.
0: Yeah, no, but I assume that what happened is that while it was cooking, like it all tra- the 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 I don't know the knowledge the knowledge
2: rendered into the
0: fat. Yeah, which dripped something oh, to God. that effect. That's what I reckon happened. <laughs> yeah, the it it had to go through the process of cooking, or else you had to eat the flesh. Um, but it, it's really weird that it happened with the. There are different um, iterations of the story, though. Sometimes they say that what happened was that fionn uh he burned himself and then he sucked his thumb and then when they came back um finnegus started eating the salmon and he noticed that he was getting no smarter and he just sort of naturally realized that fionn was the one who actually had to get it it's sort it's a story about like the passing of the torch um and finnegus um Mm. handing over his reputation to Fionn and like stepping down so that he can step up. It's it's that kind of thing that sometimes you just have to let go uh, over to someone else. So I think he just has this sudden realization that it should have been Fionn the whole time. And that he shouldn't have been. Like he's. this is already a man who is renowned for his knowledge. And therefore for him to actually want to acquire more. When there is someone much younger than him and infinitely more curious than him. Um, I think that's the whole idea behind it, but it's actually really hard to decipher the moral from it when you're you're 27 years old and you read it. But it's, uh, I don't know, there's something about it, like the fact that Finnegas' whole reputation was based around this one thing, and even though you're well-renowned for being so incredibly intelligent, you still want more, and then you find out that someone else is going to get it, and they're younger than you, and they automatically become way smarter than you, and it's sad, you know?
2: Damn millennials
0: yeah <laughs> yeah Fionn took his airpods out and said what you say hell yeah I hate <laughs> that motherfucker
1: <laughs> he
2: sucked upon his thumb and became woke
0: yeah <laughs> but uh yeah what do you think of that story as people who have no uh, sense of Celtic mythology and you know wouldn't be well you're
2: assuming it. an awful lot there.
0: That's true. Uh, I, I I know that you know about Ushin and Tyr Nog. I know that for a fact so
2: And the Selkies.
0: And the Selkies, yeah mm-hmm,
2: of course. Mm-hmm. Those sexy Selkies. Yeah. Um No well, no, i I know some things from Celtic mythology. Like I, I would um we Banges. we had to... <laughs> <Banges>. <laughs> no we had a we had a show that um oh what the hell was it called? I don't remember what it was called, but um I've been exposed to to different stories from Celtic mythology. Ah. over time, mm-hmm. I don't recall them verbatim like off the top of my head, but Yeah, yeah. like I'm aware of them. Um but I mean it doesn't sp- the thing about Celtic mythology that I always appreciate is the poetics of it. Yeah. So it like that idea of the the passing the torch and the the symbolism of the of the salmon. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's particularly weird or out of play. I mean, it. My my weirdness with it, it comes more from like, why a salmon? You know, and and the 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 criticisms. Delicious. The, well, see, <laughs> and knowledge is delicious. Is that the metaphor? Well. Um. No, but like. I... For me, it's more like the the questions that I had. The, those little things that like maybe are a lack of understanding on my part, but the the, the, the plot holes for better, uh, you know, like wh- what happens or, or like the what if questions, you know, like what if you know that he committed an act of cannibalism mm-hmm. and, and ate Fionn, mm-hmm. like would he gain that knowledge?
0: I'd say not because Fionn uh, died and was famously buried in like a really large tomb, and I think if there was any if there was any thought that the knowledge was there therefore transferable once again i think they would have probably done something with his corpse but they didn't so i'm assuming that it's it's not like quite like that as as for it being salmon like i don't know maybe salmon was like a delicacy at the time because famously the only thing that the irish ever ate were potatoes which is why the potato famine was so horrible um or rather, the only food that the Irish ever had direct control over was potato potatoes. Tomato.
2: Potatoes not native to Ireland, though. Uh,
0: no, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh actually brought the potato to Ireland um, when he came back from the United States. You're right. Um, mm. Maybe that makes salmon an even bigger delicacy. I'm not sure.
2: Or maybe salmon were the potato before the potato. The, the pre potato.
3: Potato is the new salmon.
2: Yeah. Well, they replaced <laughs> salmon with potato because they were like, "We're sick of this of this mm-hmm. knowledgeable fish. <laughs> um, please give us something bland <laughs> and starchy."
0: We're tired of all this knowledge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it would explain the drinking. Okay. Um, no, but uh, I I just find it more interesting. Of okay, so the salmon got the knowledge. Mm from uh, eating the... Sorry, what what kind of nut was it? Hazelnut. Hazelnut. From eating the hazelnuts. Uh, so if this is known, because obviously they had to know this to know where the salmon would be, Um, why didn't they just eat a hazelnut from each tree?
0: Yeah, it's one of the things about... Especially... In the internet era, they don't seem to be as well-documented as they used to be. Like, I used to have cassette tapes about these myths, and each one was, like, 30 minutes long, and they really fleshed out the stories. It was really, really good to listen to. Um, Mm. I don't... I mean, if you... There's a Wikipedia page for the Salmon of Knowledge, and it's incredibly thin. It's, like, six sentences, and it really doesn't do anything to...
2: It's disappointing for something called the Salmon of Knowledge.
0: I know, (laughs) and it's... like. Yeah, I I I I read it and I actually like feel something from the like it's it's such a like an innocent thing that Fionn just happened to stumble upon all the knowledge in the world and Finnegas had to do so much there to like accept that and be happy for Fionn and not be angry and stuff like I I think that there's a huge lesson to be learned there
2: well that's that's the real point like I'm being hypercritical for the yucks but I I think no but you are right in the sense that
0: like the telling of it doesn't seem to actually push that idea true you have to sort of find that yourself and that used to not always be the case but I had to basically find what was on the internet instead of those old cassette tapes, which I'd love to listen to, but I don't have them anymore <laughs> or the means to play them. So,
2: Well, and because a lot of those stories come from an oral tradition, they change from person to person who tells them and yeah, from version to version. But, um, I mean, it's interesting too. Like, I mean, salmon, is this a special type of salmon or is it a regular salmon? Because salmon's lifespan, not terribly long so where did this legend of the the salmon did they just learn like a farmer saw the salmon eat the hazelnuts and was like hey i think that salmon might know some shit yeah. you better get here quick and eat the <laughs> eat the salmon because that's the only way to get that sweet knowledge
0: it <laughs> could very well just be that like that it's such a weird behavior i know was the, the I know salmon that... able
2: to communicate that it knew the knowledge like
0: well it was it was ancient. how did they know they
2: got the right salmon
0: well, because it, the druids were the ones who told the story, so it could uh, be anything. When druids are involved, <laughs> you know that's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. Yeah. So. Mm, mm, mm. Mm.
2: Yeah. A wonderful story, El. Yes.
0: Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm maybe a little bit disappointed that it ends on such a oh, that's the ending kind of way, but yeah, I like it. I, I'm. I'm happy with it. So.
2: Yeah, the salmon of knowledge. You know, uh, it it reminds me, and I was thinking about this at the time. Is that why the um, Hitchhiker's Guide book that came, I don't? I think it's the one that wasn't written by Douglas Adams. It was called the Salmon of Doubt.
0: Oh, it's actually it is the one that's written by Douglas Adams. Um, oh,
2: that one was the posthumous release. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the Salmon is, of
0: Doubt. That is what it references. Yeah, that's right.
2: Oh, excellent. Hmm. Well, now I know. More about that. Yeah.
0: No, we know
3: references, and if we go to that pub, we know why it's called
2: that. Everybody here calls it Finn McCool's, but now yeah, that, I like no, them really obnoxiously.
0: That is another. People in Ireland also call them Finn McCool, and I don't know why. Like Finn <laughs> and Fionn are, uh, admittedly, names that come from the one name, but Fionn is spelled F-I-O-N-N, and Finn is F-I-N-N. But uh, I think
2: it's spelled. In, I think the they bar.
3: say that in the advertisements. They say the proper
1: mm. pronunciation. Mm. Really?
0: Well, well I bet everyone that works in there is probably not Irish. <laughs> <So laughs> <laughs> yeah We also have uh, falches. Mm-hmm. Which is the
2: incorrector. Is that is that the correct pronunciation?
0: It's just falche, not falche. But yeah. Falcha. It just that means welcome in Gaelic. Oh. Oh yeah. well,
2: there you go. Didn't know that either. Yeah. But well, people here want to make it sound fancier, so they say "falche" <laughs> instead of well,
0: Another well, thing is uh, when people say "slanche" before they take a drink. That means like, be of good health. I hope that you all have good health. That kind of thing.
1: Oh
2: yeah. Mm. There was a. Mm, what is the? There's a Viking cheers. Uh, I think it's.
0: It's this drink. I like it, and then you smash the glass and say another. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh my gosh. Uh what the hell was I don't know what language it's in. Stål?
0: Oh yeah, that is yeah. Mm. I think yeah, it's Norsk I think.
1: Yeah. Something. Somebody
2: somebody let us know in the comments or yeah or on Twitter. Or I mean or don't, but please do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, just do I like throwing the thing.
2: or don't in there because then even if they don't, it's still like they were following the instruction. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's engagement, right? Yeah,
0: it's uh, podcasting is the most difficult thing to get engagements from, isn't it? It's like, yeah,
2: it's uh, it's a, it's a, it's an ordeal. Uh, we've been getting a lot more recently uh, since we, well, you know, we joined the Podfix network.
1: Yeah, yeah shout
2: out to uh, Shadow to Podfix, Shadow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, it, it is kind of complicated cause you find like a lot of people listen, uh, and then you put out a call to do something because you're like, oh, all these people are listening and then, uh, they keep driving cause they're listening while they're driving or, or something.
1: Or... Yeah. Yeah.
0: When I used to we... do like video only stuff, if I asked people to comment, I would get like between, I don't know, like 40 to 80 comments depending on, and then since I started putting this on audio platforms as well, it's like five comments. And it's really, it's, it's, it's like, I, I think about it and I'm like, God damn, like they're listening, but they don't care. Uh, and then I think about it myself and I'm like, when was the last time I ever fucking commented on a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've never once tweeted Sam Harris and said like, good job, bro. Totally agree with what you said. Like, it's, it's
2: probably like, Oh where where's El at? Yeah, I'm, so, uh,
0: I'm certain he has no idea who I am. Uh, you never know. Yeah. But uh d I, I don't know. It's it's fun.
2: because especially sometimes you, you you'll call for engagement and not get it, but then you'll get somebody correcting you on something you said ten episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> we had that. I accidentally said something about the Axis and the Allied powers in uh
3: World War Two.
2: World War Two.
3: No, World War No, it was World War Two. I think you were talking about. It doesn't matter anyway. Anyway, I you got the, them. I got
2: anyway. them mixed up um, because I was. We were making fun of uh, the Alita movie coming out, and uh, and I misspoke, and then I, I made a funny comment back to them, and they never responded. So oh,
0: that's the worst. <laughs> yeah,
2: I ran with the joke, but uh didn't get a comment back. If, if you're still listening, check your comments because I, I returned the comment. After after your (laughs) correction, I thought it was funny. (laughs) I thought it was funny. There you go. Anyway, Uh, L, how much do you know about mules?
0: Mules. (laughs) well Yeah. uh, Mules of the drug variety, or no,
2: no, 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 of the of the animal variety.
0: Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there is an animal I know less about than the mule. They're like some kind of weird fucking donkey thing, right? But they're like not a donkey. It's... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like
2: a donkey mixed with a
0: horse. I tell you this, up until about a year and a half ago, I thought a donkey was just a small horse. Or sorry, a baby <laughs> horse. <laughs> Turns out it's a completely different fucking animal, so... Yeah. Well, well, we're always learning.
2: Yeah. Uh, what, what would I tell you, uh... What do you know about Brazil.
0: Oh, I know that it's the third largest country in the world and has a population of 350 million. As well as that, their largest exports are football and the internet. Now, I I know some of those things may be correct. <laughs> football, maybe. Yeah. Um.
2: So this mythology... we're we're getting into mythical creatures here. Justine already started, but uh, everything that we have after this is all a mythical
0: creature. That's good, because my last one is based largely off of a mythical creature, too, so that's good.
2: Excellent. Well, this one is the Headless Mule.
0: Oh, I love it. Sounds promising. (laughs) Hey, by any chance, did its head end up on a fucking sheet in Wales? (laughs) That would tie these together quite nicely. That
2: You know, I didn't think about that connection, but you're absolutely... I don't know what the Welsh-Brazilian connection is, but I'm sure it exists.
0: Dude, I'll tell you Uh, this. There are uh, towns in Argentina where they speak fluent Welsh.
2: I mean, does anyone speak fluent Welsh?
0: uh, There's a footballer called Gabriel Ainsay who used to play left-back or centre-back for Argentina. Uh, He also played for Man United and I think PSG, and he speaks fluent Welsh.
2: Interesting. Yeah, yeah uh, Argentina has a lot of um well and and Uruguay too. actually all in South America there's random um colonies of uh German or Dutch or uh, mostly uh, there's Dutch also. Um but I know uh, in Argentina and Uruguay there's Dutch colonies and uh kind of German colonies where like all of the architecture small towns totally insular where all of the architecture and the uh, and the culture is all European. Yeah. yeah, and they they speak Spanish, but they also mostly speak their native language. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know if there's a, a connection there that way in terms of the the horse skulls. Um, if some of those horse skulls are actually mule skulls, for example,
0: how would uh, you tell? What like how would you even know the difference?
2: You know, I am not too familiar with uh, the you know the differences between <laughs> horse skulls and mule skulls. But why? If we have, if we have, if we have a mule skull expert who can explain the differences uh, in the in the you know in the comments in the listeners, you know, go for it. Would would love to hear from you.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really the uh, that is the level of fame you aspire for your podcast, isn't it? That you can say something as crazy as that and the person there's someone listening that's like, oh that's me. Well, actually,
2: the bottom teeth of the mule protrude yeah. slightly, <laughs> uh, and they have a a shorter snout more often. That comes from the donkey side of the. These things might be true. I don't know.
3: That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds
0: correct, certainly.
3: Um. So anyway, so it's
2: literally called the headless mule, uh, or or in Port- and this is a, a terrible attempt at Brazilian Portuguese, but mula sem cabeça. I, th- I think I pronounced that pretty right.
1: Right? Yeah. Uh,
2: but yeah, mule with, mule without a head. Uh so this is a, a character in Brazilian folklore. Um in <laughs> apparently it's usually the ghost of a woman uh that's been cursed by God for her sins. Yeah.
0: Um, that sounds Yeah.
2: You know. <laughs> you know, it usually uh, a, a con- like a prostitute um Uh, Or for uh, fornication with a priest inside of a church. That's, you know, that's the type of sin that gets you turned into a headless mule, apparently. But
0: but the priest, so a priest is allowed to fornicate as long as it's outside of a church.
2: (laughs) No, 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 nothing happens to the priest. This all happens to the woman. Okay. So it's kind of like.
0: Ah. But what if she fornicates with the priest outside of the church?
2: Uh, I mean, there's still a chance that she could be mulefied. Yeah, just depends um, how
0: God's feeling that day.
2: <laughs> yeah, depends yeah, on his know, he's levels. got his finger on the button.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and...
2: just like to mule or not to mule, that is the cabeza. Uh,
0: classic God. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Said he. He's always playing God. <laughs>
2: Uh, so they're they're condemned into turning into a, a fire spewing headless mule. So that's the other part of this. It's not just like a mule without a head. There's like fire jutting out of its neck.
3: That doesn't sound too bad.
2: Alternatively, there is a floating flaming skull above where where the head should be.
1: Ooh. Yeah. So th- like ghost. I think I know what happened rider. to
2: it. <laughs> Basically, Ghost Rider, but a mule. Um and it'll gallop through the countryside uh from Thursday's sundown to Friday's sunrise. It is very a very specific, specific. schedule. You it's, know.
0: it's the exact day that Jeffrey is out of town. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of every month when this thing arrives, Jeffrey's always out of town. Really weird. Mm. Uh so the myth uh, has a bunch of different variations,
1: mm-hmm. of course.
2: Um especially concerning like the, the type of sin that uh turned the woman into the monster. Um, some of those can include uh, necrophagy, uh, infanticide, uh, sacrilege against the church, fornication, and as mentioned before, fornication with a priest inside of a church.
0: It's 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 funny. <laughs> the Catholic Church is like, yeah, anything like killing kids, having sex with corpses, <laughs> or you know, having sex outside of marriage. Those are three things that are the same. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the punishment really suits the crime. But I, I, the thing, too, is that it's specifically women, right? Like yeah. From the information that I've been able to uncover, it doesn't say anything about this happening to men. Nothing happens um, I
3: mean, to the priest in that scenario. Or the Exactly. <laughs>
2: like nothing happens to the priest. So it, here's a, a little bit more on the, the appearance. Uh, the mule's appearance varies greatly from region to region. Its color is most commonly given as brown, sometimes as black. It has silver or iron horseshoes that produce a hideous trotting louder than any horse is capable of producing. What is
3: a hideous trotting sound like <laughs> as opposed to a regular
2: one? I, I'm just going with what Wikipedia says. It like you know?
3: screams intermittent between the trotting
1: Yeah, it, sh- it shouts swear words while it does it.
2: The trotting, it's hideous. <laughs> The foreboding trot. Uh, Despite being headless, the mule still neighs, usually very loudly. It's just very loud. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and sometimes it moans like a crying woman. Uh, It also has a bridle tied to its non-existing mouth. And spews fire through its non-existing nostrils. I don't know how you know oh. whether it's its nostrils so or so. Its not.
3: face is on fire, um, really.
2: Or some <laughs> version. In some version, it comes straight from the severed neck. So there, there's pictures of this thing. Can
3: I just say something?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: When this happens to a, it doesn't happen to a mule, but this type of mule really <laughs> elevates the mule. <laughs> like it makes it way cooler than a horse.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, know what yeah. I mean, like yeah.
3: they're kind of seen as like these dumpy ungelut kind of thing. It's like, yeah. nobody likes mules that much. I mean, they're, they're cute, but.
0: They're so not what, like what you're out. saying is, this story was probably invented by a mule. Brand it's awareness. Like, Pip my mule. Like. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we
2: heard you like mules, so we cut off your mule's head and replaced it with fire so you can mule while you mule.
0: It carries around an electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Hey, mules are cool. Mules. We we got this one mule, and and he's got he's got no head, man, and it's just fire spewing out, and 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 he did it with a priest in a church.
0: (laughs) 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 That's how badass he is. Hey, you know what? The cart. My (laughs) my favorite uh my favorite Tom Waits album is called Mule Variations. And now I actually know that there are mule variations, and this is a good variation of the mule. There you go. So, uh, according to
2: most reports, the mule is condemned to gallop over the territory of seven parishes each night. Uh, It's kind of do that. There's also apparently a Brazilian version of the werewolf that does the same thing. Uh, uh, By some accounts, its trip begins and ends at the parish where its sin was committed. Uh, transformation usually occurs at a crossroads for some reason uh, depending on the source the headless mule may have a placeholder head uh, a main uh, mm. made of fire that spews oh fire that it spews uh, to which a red hot iron bridle is tied that's kind of awesome actually
0: yeah it's really cool
2: uh, the curse cannot be transmitted because it is acquired as a result of a sin committed willfully by the accursed woman. Mm. Yeah, uh, it can be reversed temporarily by spilling the mule's own blood with the prick of a needle, or by tying her to a cross. Uh, in the first case, <laughs> you know, just because. Yeah. It's not really clear on whether the woman (laughs) comes back headless as a case, or, you know... That'd be an interesting transformation to see in film form. Just like a woman's head popping out of this mule's neck. Um, Yeah. Hmm. So, Hmm. uh, the human will remain... Sorry, the woman will remain in human form until the sun dawns, uh, but will transform again next time. Next time. Yeah, I mean... It, this is basically the thing. Uh, there's, going back to the priests, there's also the headless priest. Uh, mm. There's also a similar folktale where the curse fell on the sinning priest. Uh-huh. You know? Mm. Uh, and uh, in this story, uh, the priest's headless ghost rides through the night on a normal horse, much like the headless horseman. Uh, so, actually less cool.
3: Okay, that's uh, a letdown.
2: You know, like, this actually <laughs> makes the headless horseman seem kind of, like, just say It
3: reminds me of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, know, and-
0: yeah. It's it's definitely another one of these ones that's that's rooted in um, the Catholic fear of God, and it's like don't do all of these things or this list of endless nightmares will happen to you. <laughs> and someone is clearly making it up as they go along, and that's why it changes from town to town with like different variations and stuff. But um, I I never actually get tired of listening to those types of stories. Um, I, didn't we spoke about one? I think in maybe it was the Christmas episode we did, and I can't remember the specifics, but it was kind of like another proto werewolf story, I think.
3: Oh, the Loop Guru? Loop Guru?
0: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah,
2: and, the Loop And it
3: had all those weird things attached to it, or becoming one, or something. Like, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. like, ridiculous, but I can't remember what they were now.
2: It's yeah. worth going back and yeah. listening to that episode. It was, like, the second myth, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's it's like, it, it's. It's very cool how uh, human fear takes the form of these ridiculous stories that are designed to, like, correct misbehavings in society.
2: Absolutely. And, I mean, it's not even just that. Um, Just the the kind of people turning into animals uh, Mm -hmm. is always considered to be, like, a... Like a sign that they aren't a good person or yeah. they did something. So, like Beauty and yeah. the Beast, you think about like why the curse was put on same. him and stuff? Um, so, like beastly uh, appearances or visages are are attributed to to people who aren't necessarily good people. Um, and so, like with werewolves and all of it, it's intended. It all comes from that kind of those those types of cultures that uh, morality, exactly, yeah, <laughs> like, kind of like moral
0: stories and, and, and things like that. Um, but I. I know.
2: Did you have anything else to, to add about about this one?
0: Um, do you guys listen to Jordan Peterson or know who he is?
2: Jordan Peterson. Oh,
0: the prof from
3: University of Toronto?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah,
2: unfortunately.
0: He would say that this story is true and when you asked him to qualify that, he would say <laughs> uh, I'm wondering should I do my impression of him or should I save that for another time? he would say that it's just a true story because these myths keep on coming up in different variations throughout history and that makes them true because from an evolutionary standpoint, they are useful for human survival because everything ties into um, different personality traits and archetypal um, Mm. things that people have about them and stuff. So um, yeah, I thought I would throw that in there. And let the listeners decide whether or not that's a dig or if it's uh, me giving my approval to him.
1: <laughs> so okay.
2: I, I did. Uh, I did have another myth to tack on to this one, just a little bit, just because they're completely unrelated, but they're also completely related. Okay. Um. Th- this is just a quick one. This is just a throw out there. Okay. Um. But <laughs> uh, this, this comes from Chinese mythology. Um. There. There's a divine bird. And I'm going to mispronounce the name. I'm sorry. Uh, I believe it's known as Dijiang. Dijiang? Dijiang? I tried. Um, so basically, this Im- imagine a potato. Done. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Now, the, the potato is covered in feathers, ah. and it's big. Okay. okay. Now, now the potato has six legs.
0: Sounds like you've got light
2: coming out of it. Um, but unlike a potato, there's no eyes. Uh, so it's just this this blob with six legs, uh, and it's and it's kind of fat and chubby, uh, and it's got four wings coming out of it. Are you are you picturing this?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's hard for me to picture a potato without eyes, but I'm slowly getting there. so and it's and
2: it's red um yeah no no and it has no facial features of any kind it has no head no facial features so it's just kind of like this potato shaped body it's quite large Mm -hmm. six beastly legs and four wings
0: it's a golden snitch with legs i mean
2: and yeah (laughs)
3: kind of yeah i would say so
2: and very ugly it, it it feels like the forgotten cousin Discount of the golden snitch, snitch. <laughs> like like we we might call it the the bronze snotch.
0: It's it's the baby that the golden snitch had with a regular football. And it's the crossbreeding experiment, left over. and a rooster.
2: Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so this creature uh, lives in a perpetual state of confusion. Obviously.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Looks like it. Was...
2: But it, it's also fond of singing and dancing. Oh! So somehow it sings. Well, it says it's fond of it. It doesn't say that it does sing.
3: It likes to hear it, maybe.
2: Maybe, but like through what? Like... It doesn't have ears.
1: It's magical. How does it feel the re-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a good point. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, this is the creature. Um. And uh. And and it it has uh. That's, that's, you know, that's the story. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to tell you you about this potato bird, Al.
0: I would pay money to hear Jordan Peterson talk about how that's fucking true evolutionary.
2: (laughs) I'm going to send you pictures of this one, too, but I'm going to pass the mic off to Justine so that she can uh, tell you about some interesting creature. Cool.
3: Some interesting creature? (laughs) Okay, so... Far from being a badass fire mule thing. Um, I found this one because I thought it was really funny. But also kind of like, it makes sense that at least it's derived from things that exist. Um, so, we go to Japan. And there is this creature called the Itan-momen. Which, what what does that sound like to you?
0: Itan-momen.
3: Just if you could guess.
0: <laughs> I cannot get Elon Musk's face out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or a Star Wars character.
2: I, I just oh yeah
1: yeah.
0: Ital thought... pasta. the thing that we have here.
1: Etol I'm gonna monk.
0: go with a monk.
3: All right, Santiago. Uh, I'm gonna say a famous soccer player. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, actually, no. It's both of these things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's everything and nothing. Um, so, it's this sentient role of cotton that smothers people until they suffocate and die.
0: <laughs> I love Japan.
3: <laughs> I know. Um, and that's more or less what it is. It's this thing, it's a type of I hope I'm reading this correctly. It's called a suku mogami, um, which is basically tools that are, I guess they're kind of they're like they're in Japanese folklore and they're they're they acquire a spirit over the course of a hundred years or after a hundred years. Like I guess I consider it a way of saying it's sort of possessed or it has like it starts to get a soul. Why this one murders people, I don't know. There isn't any information about it. And why it's a piece of cotton, I also don't know, but... <laughs>
2: the, the image we have looks like a toilet paper roll, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie.
3: And it's kind of making this, like, face. <laughs> if you could call it a face. It has eyebrows. <laughs> 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 like it's, but it looks kind of, like, ambivalent, or it's just kind of like Yeah, I am what I am.
0: (laughs) I've made (laughs) peace with that.
3: (laughs) Like, it's just... It's not even a roll of cotton, it's just... It looks like a piece of paper, yeah. But that's all it says about it. And I thought that was kind of interesting, that they actually have folklore tied to inanimate objects that I assume can either be good or evil.
0: They have a lot of that in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I tried looking up some Japanese folklore for the for the episode we recorded on your podcast, and they were all just like that. Like, this is a lampshade that <laughs> comes to life and strangles you. And that's just what it does. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff Stop like your... that. <clears throat> they're really good at, like, horror and stuff like that in Japan. And they're even better at things yeah. like metaphor and... Um, I don't know, They they have, like... Their stories and and things like that in Japan tend to have this really, really deep meaning that's like so nuanced that you can't even liken it to anything from the West. Like, it's super interesting, and uh, that's definitely not the case with this weird (laughs) cotton (laughs) roll thing, but still, (laughs) unless it does have some kind of significance... other than that, it kills people. Does it kill bad people or just?
3: It doesn't specify. It just says that it flies through the air at night.
0: Oh, of course.
3: And attacks humans, often yeah. by wrapping around their faces and smothering them. Mm. It's just that's it's very simplistic, very you know it's it's very clean. It's a very clean myth. It hasn't yeah. been tainted by anything. <laughs> um, apparently, it appears in anime a lot. Ah. Mm. So, I mean, take that as you will, um,
2: there you go, oh, uh, power Rangers ninja Steel,
3: but really? oh, yeah,
2: yeah, there you go well, I mean, that's if that's not a place to learn about uh, Japanese culture uh, in an accurate and you know uh, informative way, then I don't know what you call educational television,
0: yeah. The Power Rangers are evolutionarily true as well.
2: Yes, yes, <laughs> of course, yeah, absolutely. The so question that would be to question our own reality, which exactly.
0: Is, yeah, which is dumb. Um. So sh- shall I, shall I end the episode with my story?
2: Uh, yeah. Do you want to hear a qu- another quick two that uh, that I found? Yeah. So so this one's called the Squonk. Of course oh. it fucking is. And uh, it's from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know, from the, from the hemlock forests.
0: The Transylvania so... of America.
2: <laughs> it's one of the Vanias. It's definitely one of the
0: Vanias, yeah.
2: Metroidvania. It's
3: in that Vania.
0: It's... Oh, nice. <laughs> nice.
2: Nicely done. Um, yes, so this is a, uh, you know, it's it's kind of just like a sad wrinkly pig. So imagine a, a pig with like skin that's too big for it, and it's just it's it's all wrinkly and and gross and saggy, um, and it's and it's wild and it's hideous. Okay, this this I can't stress enough how ugly this thing is. Uh, that's an essential part of the story. Um, it, it definitely has a, a, a good name, the squonk. <laughs> um, but yes, this uh, the, the squonk is is uh so put off by its own appearance. It's so uh, ashamed of its own appearance that it's constantly weeping. Uh, so like it, it it's just crying constantly because it's so ugly.
0: that's so sad. Uh,
2: and the thing is that its magical power is that when people try to capture it, it bursts into tears. like literally its entire body bursts into a puddle of tears. Oh. Wow. And th- this one guy, uh, he apparently captured one once, uh, and he was taking it in a sack to show everybody. Um, it, 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 it was J.P. Wentling. Uh, he, yeah, he he coaxed, he coaxed one into a bag. The J.P. Uh, stands was-
0: for Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: and then uh, he was carrying it home, uh, and suddenly the sack lightened. And when he looked inside, all that was remained was a pool of tears from where the squonk had been. So it's it's just a sad, ugly
1: pig.
0: This is definitely uh, the traditional snake oil salesman. <laughs> oh, I captured it, but wouldn't you know, it's turned into a bunch of tears.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, talk about a shitty pow. <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. reminds me of that guy from, uh, was it X2? where Where the senator gets turned into to water like Magneto has a machine for No that that's X-Men One, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: and then he bursts into water because he's been turned into a like a crappy mutant.
0: Yeah. That's a great movie.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean it it doesn't hold up with current superhero films no, but uh x, no. x x2 is pretty good yeah. and x-men one was kind of one of the ones that started everything
0: and X Men modern mythology days of ellen page is a fantastic movie too
2: days of ellen page yes <laughs> yeah. yes as it will now forever be called
0: yes that's what i call it i she's my favorite
2: she's earned that
0: yeah definitely
2: uh, the other one that I had is actually just kind of badass, so I had to talk about it because it it's just so damn cool. Uh, but this is from Danish folklore. Have you ever have ever have you ever <laughs> marriage brings us together? <laughs> um, have you ever heard of a valraven?
0: A valraven? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I think I might. I think I might have. I think I might have a friend on my Steam friends list called Valraven.
2: Well, now you'll know what it means, because they're freaking awesome. Uh, so according to Danish folklore from the late 1800s, when a king or a chieftain was killed in battle and not found and buried, ravens came and ate him. The ravens that ate the body of the slain king on the battlefield became Valraven. Uh, the Valraven that ate the king's heart gained human knowledge and could perform great miraculous acts, could uh, lead people astray, and had superhuman powers that were uh, basically terrible, and and could really mess with people. Um, Raven's already known for being quite clever. Uh, This raven has human knowledge. Uh, In another account, the Valraven is described as a, a peaceless soul, in search of redemption that flies by night, but never by day, and can only free itself from its animal countenance by consuming the blood of a child.
0: Ah, oh, of course. Um,
2: yeah, and then there's like all sorts of songs and stuff. Uh, but they they also uh, sometimes known for being able to change uh, forms. Um, so uh, eating the bodies of the dead on the battlefield. It sometimes it doesn't have to be a king. Just depends on the on which version of the myth. Um, they can turn into the form of a knight after eating the entire heart of a child. Uh, and alternately, um, they can turn into half wolf, half raven creatures that stalk the knight.
0: Wow. But um, I just thought
2: this sounded kind of badass.
0: Yeah, that reminds me a lot of the movie The Crow, where it's like the, the crow is just doomed to, like, mm. rule the earth, or not well, roam the earth um until he finally gets retribution or vengeance um and like it's sort of tragic and poetic at the same time like that kind of thing
2: so if somebody asks now what is the opposite of a squonk you can reply (laughs) a valraven
0: you know that original thing the first word that you said is that word itself is so fucking ugly that i don't think i can ever bring myself to say (laughs) it out loud. (laughs) <laughs> it's just an aesthetically horrifying word.
3: It is. is it related at all to Squanchy from Rick and Morty?
0: No,
2: cuz Squanchy is a cat. I guess so, creature. but like
3: <clears throat> I don't know. It seems really It's kind what? of an odd-looking cat.
2: Mm. Did, did you have one last one before we go yeah. back to L?
0: Yeah, uh sorry, no. I <laughs> 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 see what I just did. <laughs> yeah go on you have one? oh um
3: well there was one I, I don't know if I should do it but it's more like sad But um, it's about this you probably heard of it it's called the New Jersey Devil there is a team named after it too um, from New Jersey and basically it's this legendary creature that was said to inhabit this place called the Pine Barrens ...of southern New Jersey... ...and it's described as being... ...a flying biped with hooves... ...but there are many variations... ...so just kind of... It's, ...it's pretty weird looking... Um, ...could also have head of a donkey... ...I guess... ...or mule... Um, ...it's kangaroo-like... Um, ...and it has the head of a goat... ...and leathery bat-like wings... ...horns... ...small arms with clawed hands cloven hooves and a forked tail and apparently it moves really quickly and makes hideous blood-curdling, screaming sounds and they say that it I guess the myth surrounding it is that there was this family uh, called the, they were the Leeds and they believe that the mother, who already had I think it was 12 children was pregnant with the 13th and she was pissed about this Um, and supposedly she cursed the child, and said that it was the devil, because I guess she didn't want it. Um, and they say that when it was born, this thing came out, like, screaming, and it came out as, like, a baby, but then it transformed into this creature and scurried up the chimney and ran away, and then basically terrorized the community for the rest of time. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of sad. Like I don't know if it's.
2: Yeah, the the Jersey Devil is. It, it gets talked about a lot. There's there there's so many variations on the on the myth, but what's interesting <clears throat> is the the Leeds family is supposed to be there. There is an actual Leeds family, mm-hmm. uh, and there is an actual house where yeah. this supposedly happened. So people go and try to find. It's all in in. I think it's all in ruins, but uh you can find the, the foundations of the house, I think, in the in the forest. And that was where the Leeds family lived yeah. and where the legend originated.
1: Huh.
0: There's a song about the Jersey Devil by uh an American singer songwriter named Bruce Springsteen. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Never heard
1: of him. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, it's called A Night with the Jersey Devil, and he actually describes it in like some detail. Um mm so i <clears throat> that was my i i i thought it was gonna be that, and then now I'm surprised to learn that he didn't just make that up himself, so that's awesome.
3: <laughs> that'd be a weird thing to make up for a song, yeah, by him anyway, he doesn't seem like that kind of person.
0: I don't know you should check out his first two albums. they're very very like full of words and poetry, and they're uh very out there. They're not like you you wouldn't listen to them and be like, "This is the guy who sang born in the u s a Yeah,
3: yeah. that's all I think of when I think of Bruce.
0: Yeah, I've seen him live seven times in four different countries, so...
3: Oh my god. (laughs) No,
0: not seven times. I've seen him like nine times now. Mm. Yeah, he's uh, one of my faves, so...
3: Hmm. You, so you already one... knew about this thing <laughs>
0: yeah but I didn't know that it was actually real I thought it was just one of those weird fucking things that he does every now and then <laughs> <laughs> um, but he actually he did release it on Halloween I, so that's another thing I oh, thought that it makes was just like sense. yeah but uh yeah it is it's it's pretty weird and and definitely true as well that's the most interesting thing about it mm-hmm. mm. so shall I close us out sure so the final thing that I have to talk—I don't have a lot on this really. Um, I used to have a cassette tape that told this story in just really beautiful detail, um, but there, there was this sort of—so you know, like banshees.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this is sort of like a banshee, but it's actually not. It's a thing called—I don't know if this—if it's called Aileen. Um, it's spelled like Ailin, but I think there's actually supposed to be an accent over the E which would make it a um, something along those lines. Uh, but this is like a huge fire-breathing fairy type thing that used to terrorize uh, towns in Ireland. It used to come to different places ac- across the country. Um, I think... It came up against Fionn McCool in the Hill of Tara, which was like the site where the King of Ireland would reign from, um, the High King at the time. And the Elaine, or Elaine, I'll just call it Elaine, would (coughs) arrive and play an Irish harp, and she was so talented with the harp that everybody who listened to her would fall asleep straight away because it was such sweet music and people would just be like, oh, that's lovely, and then they'd nod off. And then when they were asleep, uh, she would breathe fire through their towns and raise all of their buildings and kill all of the people. Um, No one could ever fight her because she would send them to sleep with the sound of her harp. Uh, So up stepped Fionn McCool, the last uh, of... By this point, he had led a group of knights called the Fianna, which are referenced in oshina The Fianna, I think, spawned from the... I think originally it was the Red Branch Knights and then the Fianna. And the Fianna are basically like the greatest gang of warriors that ever existed in Ireland. Um, so Fionn McCool went up against Aileen or Elaine or whatever I've decided to call her. And um, he heard the music creep in and he started to drift off. And then what he did was he got his spear and he stuck it into the grass on the hills of Tara. And every time he would feel himself nod off, he would fall on the spear and it would uh, sort of uh, a pinprick on his head and that would wake him up again. And that's what he did to stay awake was basically kept on irritating himself to the point of staying awake. Uh, and then By when... stabbing
2: <laughs> himself in the forehead with a spear.
0: Yeah, he's a Celtic warrior and that's what that's what we do. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what he did. And eventually he, uh, he used his shield to deflect the fire that she breathed at him. And when she let her guard down while she was, I don't know, refueling the fire or whatever, uh, he threw the spear at her and that killed her. Um, there are different variations that say that there was poison on the tip of the spear and the poison was the only thing that could kill her. Um, I don't know. I just I prefer the idea that he used the spear to keep himself awake because in the poison <laughs> one, the spell kept him awake from the spear, and that's just not as it doesn't really tap into his ingenuity as a warrior, like that he taught to mm-hmm. do something that no one else taught to do. Um, so that's it. You, if you Google uh, A I L L E N and then type in Fion after, uh, you can see pictures of her, and she is one scary looking motherfucker. Like she's I don't know twenty feet tall um breathes fire and plays the harp like nothing you've ever heard so um, that's it and Fionn used his creativity to defeat her and save Ireland and rid her from the land so that everyone could continue raising their crops and you know having a good time so there you have it